Hi, I'm James Brooks, and welcome to From the Factory Floor, a conversational podcast about all things startup and tech, brought to you by the folks at startupfactory.tech. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to an episode of From the Factory Floor. Uh, I'm just laughing to myself because uh, regular listeners will be able to tell immediately, I hope, that I am not James Brooks today, but I am in the hot seat. I've taken advantage of him not being available this afternoon, and I'm joined by Ian. Hi, Ian. How are you? Hi, Nara. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. And uh, at least when you can get a word in edgeways now, James is... uh on a sabbatical today. Yeah, yeah. It'll be, I'm sure we'll be back for the next one, but uh, I never miss an opportunity to uh, to jump in his seat if I can do. <laughs> Hopefully I'll do, I'll do it justice. Um, thank you for joining me today. So we're going to talk about something that I was just saying to you off air, even I find a bit confusing and I work kind of quite closely to it. And what we're talking about today is kind of the role of non-execs advisors and, and mentors for startup founders in, in particular. Um, and it was a bit of a selfish run, really, because I, I did have some genuine questions around it. And I think, Ian, you are absolutely the best person to um, to answer those questions. Um, I know you act in um, several of those capacities for, for different founders. I just wondered in the first instance, perhaps if you could just give us a little bit of an overview between the differences uh, around advisors, non-execs and, and mentors, particularly with the startup hat on. Yes, it's a really interesting point, actually, which uh, I, I must admit I'm not really thought through, but it's a, it is a good point to, to start. So there's obviously overlap between the three, but um, a startup needs various, a startup founder needs various support and the team needs you know, different support at different stages in their growth cycle. Um, so it's important, I think, that you kind of know when to dip in and dip out um, and what sort of support you need. Uh, for me, a mentor is, is very much someone who can work closely with the founder and, and almost challenge their thinking by giving them some options. Have you thought about this? Why are you thinking that way? Why do you need to make this decision now? almost like a sounding board is a, is a mentor, just trying to guide the thinking and certainly not directing them towards an answer, provoking and creating the conditions where a, a founder can work with a mentor just to check in on their thinking and the shape of their thinking. Advisor probably tends to be a bit more formal, Nairi, mm. um, because you kind of think about specific advice, be it legal, be it financial. So, you know, it could be technical advice, it could be legal advice around intellectual property, um, you know, the framework when you start a, a company um, at the outset, you know, you need legal advice on shareholding agreements and stuff like that. So surrounding yourself with the right advisors for specific tasks, I think is is quite important. And if I can just refer folk to our book from the factory floor with a, a chapter in there from John Davidge, who's a partner of Berman's, a firm of solicitors in Manchester we work closely with. And John lays out the legal framework and what legal advice you need and when. Uh, and then the third one is non-execs. So non-execs are hands-on, hands-in um, to a greater or lesser extent, depending on what support the founder needs. But a non-exec is, is someone who is more than a sounding board. They can actually roll their sleeves up and get stuck in and do things with you uh, as a founder based on their experience uh, and to the extent that you, you need it. So 
Mentor is more of a light touch for a founder, a sounding board, advisor, deep dive when you need specific advice on commercial legal stuff. And a non-exec is kind of part of the extended team, um, a critical friend really just to challenge, but also do stuff uh, and really help the business grow. Bro, thank you. And I knew uh, you would definitely be the person to offer up uh, these some clarity around these explanations because you do act in uh, certainly, uh, well, I'd say all three capacities for, for different founders from TSF and, and various other projects past and present, don't you? Yeah, and it's something I enjoy and the, and the variety, I think, kind of um, keeps me on my toes, but also, you know, it's, it's knowing when to intervene and knowing when not to and judging the personal relationship and rapport you have with the founder and knowing when the boundaries, knowing when to push, knowing when to challenge. Um, I think there's some common threads between the three, though, that all founders should look for. Uh, trust is the number one. Um, you know, and you've got a personal rapport. You feel that these 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 folk, in whichever guys they are, Nairi, mm. that they've got your back uh, and they're continually looking after your best interests. So I think there's some personal issues and threads around it. But yeah, it's, it's to what extent you, you do get involved. You know when to step back and give a founder space and, and you know when you, you, know, you intervene. Um, I must admit, I... I like getting involved, but I equally I know when not to get in the way. Uh, and I think that's an important rule that uh, an advisor, mentor or non-exec should, should think about, that it's not their business. Equally, they don't want the, the founder to make mistakes, but they should really help them steer their course. And I often just, just think it's kind of recognising when the founder's vulnerable or got some knowledge or experience gap and, and knowing what sort of intervention uh, you need, but I'd equally I'd, in, I'd encourage founders to kind of get to a point where I don't know they're seventy percent confident they've got all the information they need to make a decision before engaging any advice. Really, it's your business, and, and you need to learn, and you, need, you know you need to learn how to operate uh, on your own as well. Bro, thank you. And for founders that are perhaps just starting out or just thinking about kind of expanding their network on a more formal basis where is the best place to start looking about making those sorts of connections and finding advisors or potential non-execs yeah it's a good point and i, and I think i'm going to come back to around you know that the qualities of of whatever role the, the individual is playing with the founder is is kind of by personal recommendation so going into your community going into your network groups um, explaining what needs support, uh, what, what type of support or advice that you, you think you need and, and getting those those personal recommendations. Um, there are people like myself who have kind of had, you know, the best days are behind them. They've had their career, but they've still got things to offer. They've got energy, they've got insight, they've got medals and scars. Um, finding those people through the networks and personal recommendation, I think, is, is the best place to go. Um, going out for coffee, just getting to know the, these folk as individuals, I think, is the key thing. Like I say, you've, you've got to be able to get on with people and, and feel that um, they, they've got some domain advice and knowledge that would be relevant to you. But you kind of want a dynamic relationship with them as well. You, you want to be proactive when you want to be proactive. 
so judging what sort of relationship you're going to have with them so yeah personal recommendation for me every time yeah yeah and the good old fashioned a bit of good old-fashioned networking by the sounds of it as well as well so Yeah. yeah really useful and um in terms of when a founder sort of recognizes that they have got a bit of a gap that they need to plug and they are looking at bringing on an advisor or non-exec mentor what do you offer is it a formal package is there remuneration equity what's kind of best practice in these scenarios um i'm I'm not sure there's a best practice i can only kind of offer you a kind of what's worked for me and and kind of the long-standing relationships um that i've had i mean I, i kind of you know, when I bump into these people or get introduced to founders, I kind of say, look, you know, let's have a couple of months working together, just seeing how we click. What's the chemistry like? Do you think I'm adding value? Do I think I've added value? So certainly I think a two or three months unpaid uh, stint is is valuable before you commit to any kind of commercial arrangement. Um, I think it's about respecting people for the time, um, their advice, you know, as a founder, you don't want to abuse them, but equally you want to use them thoroughly. Equally, I think you do need a degree of altruism and philanthropy if you're going to be a mentor or an exec because, you know, you can't run it by the clock. So in, in my, my experience, what I've preferred to do is take a sweat equity uh, stake. So you, you take equity and therefore you are at risk. And, and straight away, you know, you're not taking cash out the the startup, which is obviously the lifeblood yeah. already uh, in short supply in most cases. Uh, and by taking shares and equity, my commitment is, well, I'm standing side by side with you. I'm sharing the risk. We've got aligned interests, and you know, those, those shares are only of value when we we exit this on the journey together. So there's there's a risk reward. I appreciate not every non-exec or mentor uh, would want to just take shares. That's the personal thing for me. It's been quite effective for me. I've uh, been fortunate uh, with a couple of of ventures that have have worked well. Um, But I think at the outset, do it for free and then discuss the currency. It has to be a two-way thing. I think taking cash out of a startup is, is kind of just not the right thing to do. Uh, and for me, equity is, is the right currency. For advisors, obviously, it's different. You know, working with a professional services firm, and it has to be cash. So in terms of um, remuneration and equity, obviously, you've talked about that. Do you um, bring somebody in on a, a structured basis or I suppose from the non-exec or advisor as well, it's useful for them to be able to plan the time and know sort of how much um capacity they're likely to need i think probably it sounds like it would be a good uh, idea to agree kind of the scope of the work or the scope of what those next few months looks like how do you tend to approach it in terms of outcomes and outputs with founders yeah i I think it does need to be structured because you, you need that to be able to deliver value and for the founders and the startup venture to get uh value from you there, there needs to be some expectations <clears throat> defined and set at the outset. So f- for me as a non-exec, one of the things I try to bring is a degree of professionalism and discipline from the outset. You know, monthly management meetings or board meetings. Uh, is there a sales meeting? Is there a product development meeting? 
So try and put in that that framework of professional management, not bureaucracy, but just so that they're focused on the right things and moving the business forward. So I like to kind of have a you know two hourly board meeting every month. If they want me to get involved in other um, project meetings or sales meetings, I'm, I'm more than happy to do that. But again, always set the time boundaries. Uh, and equally, make sure as a founder, you are briefing your non-exec to ensure that they're thinking ahead of these sessions. So they're, they're, they've got the opportunity to think about the options and leverage their own experience. Um, mentoring, I think, is more ad hoc. Um, it's kind of more informal. Uh, I do that with a couple of, of my folk and we have, um, you know, fortnightly sessions tentatively in the diary and they're more just conversational pieces you know how you're feeling what's happening what are the challenges um where do you feel vulnerable what's not working at the moment um and while some of those can be business and advisory sessions the mentoring approach i choose much more personal about the founders personal development and their role in the business you know are they looking to the horizon what does success look like for them um, and that one of the important things around both those roles, uh, either as a mentor or as a non-exec, you've got to be a good listener and a good communicator. You've got to be empathetic, but equally, you can't be soft. You, you've got to kind of play back. Well, what I'm hearing, Nari, is you're not really got a grip on this, or you know, you're not not really looking at the options. Um, but it has to be time bounded. I think there have to be structure to it. So there's mutual respect. Uh, and equally, you know, non-execs and mentors have got more than one client. So while they, you know, it's not necessarily a business to be run, um, they need to balance their time. So I, th I think setting the time expectations, the frequency, like I say, you know, don't get caught in a paralysis of advice. You know, make your own mark, make your own decisions and, and use mentors at a personal level and non-execs at a business level to check in, validate your thinking, make sure you've looked at the options, or if you've got something that is out of your personal experience, you know, ask for that guidance from non-exec. You know, did you ever come across this situation when you were in my position? But um, fundamentally, it's about respecting each other and equally, you know, mentors and non-execs shouldn't step in and run the business. They should provide the, the, the rails, really, in terms of how you operate as a founder uh, and where the business is going. Okay, real, thank you. And in terms of, of quantity, because I think we have seen some founders on some occasions almost collect non-execs and mm. um, mentors and advisors. And obviously then it can get a bit confusing because you're using lots of people's time. There's lots of conflicting information. Is there a standard kind of blueprint for what a startup might be looking for or kind of a limit in terms of what you would expect to see them bringing in yeah i, th I think if you're not careful you have m more non-execs around the table than than execs yeah. you know early on and uh really founders i say shouldn't shouldn't seek to collect too many i i think the ratio really is if you've got you know one non-exec two founders um, that works well. Each founder may have a mentor that is helping them with their thinking, building their confidence, pointing them to research or, or you know, learning opportunities. 
Um, I think it's making sure that you are professionalizing the organization to the extent it needs that structure, but you're kind of nurturing them to, to be confident of their own thinking and work on, in their own way uh, and not imposing y- yourself too much. So the, the voices around the table should be very much, you know, 80% founder-led, 20% mentors, non-execs. Um, you may have more than one non-exec, just depending on what your business is. If, if there's a sales and marketing expertise needed or if there's some technology, you know, where there are different domains, I think it, it, it's fine to get a, a couple of people uh, around that. But it, it can get a bit cluttered and a bit noisy. So you're absolutely right. I, I think long and hard about the type of, of people you want supporting you, the timing of that and the number uh, and that will change as a, as a startup goes through the growth cycle. You know, early, very, very early stage probably just needs someone to give them confidence that they're heading in the right direction. When they they have got the prototype or proof of concept and they're ready to go to market, then bringing in someone who's got sales and marketing expertise can help help guide them. Um, finance, again, is one of those things that, you know, most founders probably not got tons of experience so the advisory role of an accountant um to a startup from 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 day one to be honest in terms of managing the cash and managing the numbers but i think you you need a business to be dynamic and like i say don't get overawed or look to the to non-execs or mentors as as too much of a supporting pillar that they're there just to nudge you to point you in the right direction to kind of help you with some of the tough decisions, confirm your thinking. Um, so I, I certainly one or two maximum. You know, when I was in the in the PLC, we had uh, a PLC main board of, of four execs and, and three non-execs. One of the non-execs was a chairman. Uh, the other two were very much there for domain and specific uh, advisory roles, but yeah, it's your business. Run it as you want to, but just use external folk to give you that guidance and, and just keep you on the right track. Thank you. And I think one of the things you were saying is really the the non-exec or the advisor is to see the founder through the next stage of their journey. But then it might be that you review that and um, bring somebody in that can see you through the stage after that, you know, from startup to scale up. And I think one of the things you were saying about obviously bringing somebody in with accountancy expertise or finance expertise is great. But I think um, just to clarify, that isn't somebody that's going to come in and run the payroll, for example, or do do the doing, unless you're doing those bits as well. And I didn't know about it. (laughs) No, absolutely. And and I think, you know, a number of things around that, my background is finance. So I've, I've often sat in sales meetings, for example, and just, ask questions around pricing and commercial terms and and stuff like that. So it's still that commercial business advisory role from a finance person. But uh, you make a good point about that scale up and and growth. And and equally, there comes a point in time where the business has evolved and it needs a different voice. So I have a rule of thumb um, not to outstay my welcome. Um, and typically look for a non-exec role to last between three and four years. If you've not been able to make an impact in that time period or the business hasn't progressed, then there's something wrong. 
yeah. uh, either with the chemistry of the people, the advice, or indeed the business itself. So I, I, I kind of say at the outset, look, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting to be here three to four years, but thereafter you need a different skill set and a different voice and a different relationship. And I think that's healthy. Um, you don't want to outstay your welcome. The relationships can become a little bit complacent. You know, as a non-exec, you do have to help them with the tough decisions and point out where they need to make the tough decisions if indeed they're not making it. Uh, and similarly with the mentoring relationship, you know, you that change of voice, change of style, I think refreshes the founders and is, is, is just a good practice for businesses to adopt. Yeah. So all in all, I think finding the right advisor, mentor or non-exec can absolutely help your business fly, can't it? Equally, I suppose, um, getting a relationship with somebody where you're not adding value, you're not quite gelling together can be really detrimental. So it sounds like, like you say, going through networks um, and asking your current network for a uh, recommendations is is a brilliant place to start we've certainly seen firsthand how um, founders can benefit from non-execs and advisors but that's because we know a particularly good one who always seems to uh, always seems to put his hand up when there's uh, some capacity around so so thanks Ian I think that's really interesting I hope hopefully it's kind of clarify for everybody out there the kind of different roles around mentors non-execs advisors and and the value they can add um perhaps it will be good to get a couple of founders on actually over the next few episodes and get them to talk about their experience of working with advisors yeah. and, and non-execs because it can be a secret weapon can't it for a startup absolutely either as a solo founder you know you've got a voice there you've got a shoulder to cry on you know if you've had a really bad day and it's a tough day and you just need to unload um then a non-exec or a mentor is good for that if you've got co-founders you know it's not always sweetness and light in the relationship and having a, a third leg in the stool helps uh but i'd say the, the key things now are very much look for recommendations try before you buy get you know if, if people aren't willing to commit to in a couple of months um free with you then you know they're not in it for the right reason um and and make sure they're good listeners and the good communicators because you know that has a lasting and immediate impact on your decision making but uh, i think it goes without saying that you know from a startup factory point of view um those uh, ventures that we've built that have got good non-execs good mentors um go faster and um it's a smoother better journey for the founder by having that external voice in the business. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Ian. Thanks, everybody. I hope it's been as interesting for you all as it has for us. Um, we'll pop any relevant links into the description below and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. I'm sure James will be grabbing his seat back with a vengeance. Oh, his comeback will be loud and proud, I'm sure. Yeah, of course he will. Oh, thanks, Ian. Take no care. Problem. See you soon. Bye-bye. I think that just about wraps things up here. If you have any thoughts or questions on anything we've said today, get in touch, whether that be through our Twitter, at RealTSF, or email at hello at startupfactory.tech, or feel free to drop in for a coffee and a chat. As ever, thanks for listening.